Welcome to the Futures Human Podcast, where we explore the remarkable advancements shaping our world. Join me as we uncover the mysteries of science, technology, and innovation. Is technology finally delivering on its unfulfilled promise? We'll delve into the boundless power of the human imagination. Discover the impact on society, ethics, and the essence of being human. Let's shape the future together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Future is Human podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Dave West, founder and CEO of Civicom, the parent company behind my favorite project, Page Alive. How are you feeling, Dave? Yeah, good. good. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for doing this. Thank you for coming on. It's, a, it's my honor. Um, beyond giving you the opportunity to tell your story, which is something that I've been very fortunate and lucky to hear and embrace. I think a lot of people could benefit from hearing it. Um, but beyond that, I want to talk a little bit about Page Alive, which is the reason we're starting this podcast, right? We're, we're taking technology to maybe uncharted waters to a certain degree. Uh, while everyone else seems to be doubling down on AI, we're doubling down on human-centric experiences. And I, I think uh, people owe, we owe people an explanation as to why we're doing that. So... Where do you want to start? Yeah, so, you know, I, I started talking about the undelivered promise of technology oh, right. maybe probably four or five years ago. You know, because we've all had experiences where technology didn't want to do what it was supposed to do. I mean, technology was supposed to make our lives better. Right. Right, and, and there's no doubt in some ways – it, it really has. I mean, it, you know, this device we have in our pockets. These supercomputers, right? It's is amazing. It I mean, is. Some of the things. And, and, and we can think of I mean, Google Maps and, right. and, and Google itself. And, you know, uh, some of these things are amazing. But there are these areas where it just feels like it's gone the opposite direction. Right. <laughs> you know, we've all been in... Uh, situations where you're on a website, you know, and you're, you're trying to figure out an answer to some question, and it's, you know, you're on, you know, a, a, a landing page, and you they want you to start typing your question, and you're getting answers back that just make no sense <laughs> at all, and and you and now you're ten minutes into it, and you've yeah. got gobbledygook, and you just want to talk to a person, right? There's no way to get to a person, you know, and it, <laughs> it's almost like these call trees, right? Like the IVRs where, you know, you get the automated responses and you just keep pressing zero or pound to try to get to a real human being, except now that's translated and transposed onto a website and it frustrates people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, that is probably the worst example of what I call the undelivered promise of technology. Um, you know, but there's another one where you're, 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 you're trying to contact a company. Right, to just just to talk to somebody. You, you have something you want to talk to somebody about. And I would say 40 years ago, if you called a company headquarters and, and nobody answered, you, you would have assumed that that is not a viable company. It just is. It's a great point. It's just not credible. But today you literally can't get on the phone 
it's crazy to talk to people. And then, and it's almost, you know, in some cases you clearly can see that they don't want to talk to anybody. It's intentional. And, and, uh, or it feels intentional at times. It, it, it is clearly a situation where the technology made our lives worse. Right. You know, I was on a, another example, uh, I was traveling sort of at the end of COVID and, you know, there's something to do with a test, a, you know, a, a COVID test, COVID test. And, and I was late, and I had to go back to some place. I was in a foreign country, and I found myself in a situation where I'm trying to fill in a form on my phone, but I didn't have a good internet connection. In fact, I don't think I had any internet connection, you know, for a while. I finally got it. It was very slow, and I'm filling in a form. that <laughs> was asking me what county I stayed in in the country. I was like, I have no idea. He's like, what is this? <laughs> but somebody just, like, was following the sheep because they, they could, right? right. And they, they're like, oh, fill in this form, and they don't care whether it takes you time. You know, and it, this is maybe the fourth time I had filled in a form related to COVID, and they were all supposed to be these global... Aggravating. <laughs> global, like, oh, we're going to provide the universal solution for uh, healthcare information. And, and, and so you fill them all in, and they're all different. And they all require some sort of security. We're going to send a text to right. your phone. Well, I'm in a foreign country, and the text to my phone didn't work. It's like a disaster. And we've all had situations. And you had a flight like, to catch. <laughs> you had a flight to get yeah, back to. Yeah, nerve-wracking. Yeah, it was amazing. I spent probably an hour and a half basically filling in a form to get a test that took two minutes. Yeah, wild. And there's there's probably hundreds of examples similar and like that. Right. I'm curious to get your thought and opinion because I, I ponder the thought and I ask myself, how did it get this bad, right? Because to your earlier point, technology was designed to make our lives better. I don't think it was intentional. You know, I think in some cases it's because the companies are using the technology to save money, right? So so it's not really trying to create value. It's trying to save money. Sure. And you see that. But is that to their companies. detriment, you think? I think it is. I mean, I think, no question it is. Right, I, mean, I agree. There, there are companies out there that, that, that people hate. Yeah. You I could think I, of a few off the top of my head. I, don't <laughs> I won't name them. Throw out any names here, but, but, you know, we know them. The large telecom and cable providers are probably the worst. But, yep. but, uh, but, but a lot of them are the same. And the second thing I think is that, that a lot of people who are involved in web development are just following the sheep. Yeah. They see, I, I was filling in a form for some new account. It was like a trivial you know, thing where security really didn't matter, but they, they wanted to send me a, a text to my phone number to confirm that I am who I said, and what does that even mean? And why do you <laughs> care? Like, it's, right. it's like, what is the risk here that somebody's going to get into this account and find out my phone number and maybe at my address? We're reminded of the fact, I mean, 30 years ago, they would put a phone book at the end of your driveway and it had 10,000 phone right. numbers and addresses and names. Why is that confidential? Why is there a concern about that? There is none, but people... Sort of like, well, what happened was, you know, GDPR and security requirements entered into the picture for good reason. Sure. But the world goes to, I think, the lowest common denominator. And now we're treating everything as if it's, you know, your healthcare information or, you know, information that can be somehow used to 
steal your identity or whatever. Right. And it isn't. And there's a lot of, I have a story about the uh, state of Connecticut. If, if, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a good example of it, believe it or not, being done correctly. Really? Yeah, where, like, I had to pay my taxes for, for an LLC that I have. And I went to the website and I tried to sign in. I couldn't figure out how to do it. And I was like, oh, you just enter the, the EIN, the, 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 tax ID. the tax ID number for your company. Right. And you put in a number and you put in your bank account and you pay it. No sign here. I was like, wow, somebody had the courage there to not follow the sheep. And what's the risk? I mean, is there, is there a risk somebody else is going to go pay my taxes? There's, they can't find anything out. The information about the company right. number is public. So, you know, I had to enter my bank account information, but that was unusual where you're entering your bank account information, but there was no security, no, I'm going to send you my. Yeah. Well, they're smart in the sense where they're they're streamlining the way, you know, they're streamlining how, how fat they want to get paid, right? Yeah. So they're going to streamline it for right, you. Well, so, I mean, somebody had the courage to go ahead and, and, and do it in a way that makes sense. And, yeah. And that's good to uh, see. And Because I, I think you're right. I think it takes a certain level of audacity, if you will, in today's world to not follow the herd, right? To your earlier point. Right. Um, and it is good to see. And I, and, I, and I think that's what we're doing here. I think we're, uh, again, like I said, not to overstate the case, but everyone around us seems to be talking about AI. And, and don't get me wrong, we ourselves are dabbling in AI in a number of different ways and, and likely will introduce AI into this new venture in some capacity later on. But I think people lose sight of why AI was even sought after to begin with, right? It wasn't sought after to take on a life of its own. It was like the rest of the technology uh, or other technologies. I think it was sought after to make our lives better. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, there's some fear now out there around how AI is going to do that. Um, I think admittedly it's kind of driven a wedge in in, in between people and, and companies' interactions, Right, uh, people are frustrated with the AI chatbots. Um, to your earlier point, uh, they don't answer questions. They, in fact, um, and I, I, so I was on a call with er, someone earlier who was in the world of market research and statistics, and he gave me the exact percentage. I think it's I want to say thirty six percent, but don't quote me. Um, thirty six thirty six percent of people actually interact with a chatbot to tr- for the sole purpose of trying to get a human being, right. which I thought was insightful, and I think that number is gonna gonna increase. Uh, over yeah, time I've, as well. I've heard that number. I've heard higher numbers than that. But, I have as know, well. It depends on the context and um, w- what's even um, equally important is, is not whether your intent is to speak with someone as much as you want the option to speak with somebody in case you run into trouble. Right. Um, and, you know, some people are comfortable with chatting. I am. Yeah. But oftentimes you run into trouble. I got a question that this thing's not answering, and I now and and, and there's no way it's ever going to figure out right answer. It, so I need to speak with somebody, and people are more willing to. And so that's sort of the idea of Page Alive is, um, make it easy, right? Make it easy for both sides, both for the visitor of a website and for the owner of the website, to simply talk to each other using a video chat. You know, and that's, um. A little bit for for right now, going the opposite direction of the mainstream, which is to try to automate things and try to you know get artificial intelligence and everything. But right now, they they haven't done it. They're just right. not there yet. Maybe eventually they will be there. But but 
But for right now, people want to talk to somebody. Totally. And, and I think it's ridiculous. instinctual, right? I think not to get uh, philosophical, but I think we naturally as human beings crave human interaction. Correct. That's why even in the world of digital transformation, everything's getting digital we're still going to physical trade shows, right? We want that tangibility. We want to interact with people. It's it's literally in our DNA, I think. It's a, it is clearly um, Darwinian. Yeah. We 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 enjoy being with people. It's it's energizing and and uh, comforting to be in direct communication with people and it, when you're on a video chat, it's not the real thing. But it's it's a long ways along the continuum toward it, and better than nothing, right? Agreed. And so that's so that's what we're uh, th- that's what we're trying to do. And I and I do think that um, we're just beginning to see the uh, backlash against AI and non-human replacements, right? Uh, because I think. Um, it's unsettling. It is. How it, do you trust it? You, when you get on the other end of a piece of communication or a, a communication with, and, and you don't know whether you're actually talking to a real person or not, it's, it's discomforting. It's, 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 it, the, it's, it, it causes an uncertainty about whether you're actually in that experience that you want to be in. Totally. I actually have a good example. I don't know if I told you this story. Uh, I bought a car back in the fall, a new car for my wife, because her lease was coming up, and I said, we're, we're done leasing. We're going to actually buy a car. And I wanted to try the Carvana experience. Are you familiar with them? Uh, a little bit, yeah. um, And overall, uh, I'm, this isn't me mudslinging. Overall, I had a, a pretty good experience, but it was admittedly nerve-wracking and uneasy for me because there was no human touch point. Right. Um, I interacted with one person, what I think was a person, um, in the beginning was a chatbot. Um, then ultimately, I think it got converted to a, a, a real human being. But this was the first time in my life where it's a relatively high-level purchase, right? Uh, uh, it's a big investment. I never, in my past, uh, had never interacted or... Ha- made such a purchase without interacting with a, with a person, right? With all the previous car purchases that I'd made, I would go into a, a vehicle showroom and interact with a real human being, and I enjoyed that, at least in, in my experience I had. So for this for this experience, it was nerve-wracking. Um, and to Carvana, if they're listening, I think you guys are, are great proponents for the, for the offering um, because people, especially with high-touch, high-trust instances like buying a car, for most people that's a big investment, if, if not their biggest investment after their, their home, um, in most cases, I, in my experience, and I think a lot of people would agree with me, they want to interact with a person. It would make them, in my case, it would have made me feel a lot better, right? Uh, right? From the, min- the minute I hit enter and, and submitted everything, I was like, okay. And I looked at my wife and I said, Are, is this done? Is this car actually going to show up? They took the money out of my account, but I have no one to verify that everything's running smoothly, mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, uh, I use the example of cars. As there's another uh, great illustration of why this kind of technology works. You picture yourself uh, walking into a car showroom and you have a question about, you know, something about that car, right? right? There's a salesman there. You say, I have a question. Are they going to say, go over and type your question into a box? Right, it's ridiculous. It makes no sense, right? I mean, there's situations where you really still should be speaking with a person. Because there's an interaction that 
needs to happen. And if, if you're trying to do that with a bot, it's just very unnatural. And it's, by the way, a lot of work. It is. Um, not it, always, but, but in some cases, yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest challenges that AI is going to face in general, but particularly in the online chatting interface is that trust element because i and i think some companies a good hand a a good a handful of companies recognize that trust is vital for for the sales process i don't know how you establish trust with an ai you know especially in a in a a chat interface i had no sense of trust in my vehicle uh, purchase experience um and there's other instances right there there's other uh complicated high trust sales whether you're buying a new insurance policy right imagine buying insurance without talking to someone i don't i don't even know if that's viable or not um financial services investment services right imagine uh parking and that's probably how some envision things going but i can't imagine parking any decent amount of money without interacting with someone to make myself feel secure about that interaction and uh transaction Right. Um, so I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges to AI. And I'm not convinced that AI will ever be able to. Yeah. You mentioned the, the sort of title of this uh, session is the future is human. Right. Um, and I think there will be some really strong countervailing uh, influences pulling people back toward more face to face communication. Um, I, I was listening to a, a radio show where they, a couple of days ago where they, they had created an alternate radio show by you know using ChatGPT. And at the end of it, I was, it was a little unsettling. Yeah. Because you can definitely see that getting to the point where if you're not in a face-to-face communication, you don't know if it's real. You don't know if that person is real. You don't know what it is. And um, so I think it's going to pull people back toward face-to-face, in-person I think you're communication. Right. And um, as that relates to Page Alive, it, it'll be important that we make sure that people know this is a real person. You're talking to a person, and if you, you can see situations where the interaction is about a complicated sale, something where you have you know, lots of instances, lots of ways you can configure it, lots of different colors or, or, or whatever, and, you know, they... These pieces interact with each other. Could you do that with a, with artificial intelligence? Probably, but I think it's preferable, and I think there's plenty of companies out there that will want their customers to feel that they're cared for and feel that they are getting a premium, superior Agreed. user experience when they have an interaction with that company. And and I and I think that's uh, I think I think that's how it's going to separate out and segment. I agree. And I think uh, there, there's benefits to both parties with Page Alive, right? There's benefits to the website owner, the, the business, and there's also benefits. There's obvious benefits to the customers. Um, but to the business owner, I think it's worth just talking about that for a second or for a few minutes in the sense where, you know, we spoke earlier and we mentioned earlier that there's a detriment to autom- over-automating at, for the sake of cost savings, right? You're frankly pushing people away, frustrating people, uh, often enough potentially losing uh, business because of it, right? So the obvious benefit uh, for a business owner or a website owner that has Page Alive is they're engaging with that client. You know, like you said, uh, or I think you've mentioned, um, if you have that, that visitor on your website and they want to talk to, some, what's up to someone, why wouldn't you want to speak with them? 
right? It, it, it's it's almost like it, it's nerve wracking to me when I interact with and I've had more experiences than I'd like to admit and share with trying to get uh, someone from a business and usually it is a, a telecom or utility provider um, and they don't want to talk to me, right? Um, often enough, that pushes me right uh, right the other way. One of the benefits, you know, we 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 talk about companies that spent many many months and lots of money trying to get somebody onto their website right or to a landing page yeah there's a lot of conversation about traffic if you spent all that time and money getting them there don't you want to talk to them right <laughs> you're going to ask them to go type a question into a box right and I think the answer is no, but in most cases, your goal is to convert that person to a customer. And your best way of doing that is to engage with them and interact with them. Absolutely. You know, that's what most people want. Or give them that option, right, and make it very clear that they have that option. They're much more – like somebody who is a great example. Uh, um, if you went to a supermarket and there's a self-checkout option and a person, you're probably not going to go into the self-checkout option – Unless you know there's a person in case you run into trouble. Yeah. You don't see that person. It's like, ah, I don't know. Totally. In my experience, I won't even go to the self-checkout. The only time I've gone to self-checkout is when there's someone in that corral. But I've only gone to self-checkout when the regular checkout line is backed up, right? Otherwise, I, I want that human interaction. Sure. Why wouldn't I want someone to facilitate that sale for me, right? Uh, and again, I think most people naturally long for that, right? They, they, they want that. They want that experience. Um, I want to pivot you a little bit. So we, we spoke a little bit about Page Alive and Civicom. Civ- Page Alive is, is a new offering and service of Civicom. Can you talk a little bit about Civicom? Because most people listening probably haven't come across us. If, or if they have, maybe they don't know our, our full story or all of the other plethora of offerings that, that we offer. Do you mind chatting in a little bit yeah, or sure. telling me a little I mean, bit about a, that? It's a long story. started 23 years ago. We, we had an idea to do a telecom service that was very unique and fun and uh, offered a very significant convenience, but it, it ran into a little bit of a, a hitch along the commercial path, and it failed, and so we had to figure something else out, so we, we got into conference calling. And um, this is sort of back in the day. We were some, one of the pioneers in that space. Um, and uh, one thing led to another, and, you know, we sort of followed customers' uh, requests into a new business, led us to voice to CRM, which led us to marketing research services. Um, and uh, at some point along the way, we, we, we got into a business that pulled us into WebRTC. WebRTC is a very exciting new technology that's embedded into Zoom and Google Meet and um, and, and our, our head of technology said, you know, Dave, this, it's really exciting because it makes all kinds of things possible that really weren't possible until, until this technology was out. It's only about five years ago. Right. Uh, Zoom really propelled it, but um, it was bubbling in the background for many years. And so uh, as we started to brainstorm what, what are the opportunities that we could pr- pursue, WebRTC was sort of in the background, and... Um, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll sort of tell this, uh, see if I can tell this story shortly. 
So but in the middle of very early in COVID, both my parents passed away. And Sorry. during that period of time, they, they actually moved nursing homes and rooms within the nursing homes a couple of times. And I was the one that moved their internet provider and their phone service and their telephone television service. That was the connections to the world and it had to be moved. And we sort of shared responsibility and I took those on. And I spent a lot of time um, on chat, you know, websites and in phone trees with cable providers, telephone providers, television, right. cable providers. And this WebRTC capability was in the back of my mind. I said, no, this is not the way it should be. The WebRTC technology is perfect for what this really should be. So we started down that path of, of doing a couple of things with WebRTC. Um, we have uh, so, but page, I, I won't mention the other ones. It's too much detail. But there are now five technologies that we're pursuing that involve either artificial intelligence or WebRTC or some combination. And I don't mean to count comp- There's times when no, artificial no. intelligence yep. is a great tool for making things more efficient, you know, taking the labor out of uh, things that are tedious. Totally. You know, and, and, and people don't really want to do. And it's a, it's a very big value add in some situations. doesn't mean there aren't some scary things to, uh, in the offing uh, from, from, our, from artificial intelligence. I have some of those fears uh, like anyone, about where that could take us, yeah. and I think we need to be vigilant about it. Totally. Um, and uh, and I and I and I sort of actually support a backlash. People saying, "No, we don't want that taking over our world, and we don't want that taking over our lives." And you're starting to see that. You see, yeah. you see ads, um, job ads that that focus on hiring humans and, and uh, keeping. People employed, keeping people together, pe- yeah. keeping community together, um, and I, I think that's that's what we're going to see. We're gonna, that's a, sort of the beginning of a long term trend. Yeah, I agree, and I think we're starting to see it. And uh, funny enough, our most recent client is in an AI space, and I won't name them for the sake of their privacy, uh, but they're an AI content creation company. So they bre- they provide value by you know creating content via uh, generative AI. Even an AI company, an AI-focused company, chose to use PageAlive for their customer interaction and experience. And I think that speaks volumes because they see the value in that human interaction, right? Whether it's from customer support or boosting conversion rates, like you mentioned. So I think that's a that's a great <coughs> testimony um, to, to your point. Cool. Well, thank you, Dave. Is there anything else you want to add? Exit for now. All right, fair enough. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing the uh, the inaugural first episode with us. Um, stay tuned. Going forward, we're going to hear more about Page Alive. You're going to hear more about Civicom and other technologies that are buzzing uh, and, and growing, and how digital transfor- digital transformation is affecting all of us. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Dave. <laughs>